I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Monday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host, Craig Fowler, and I am joined by Graham Thulis. Hello. And Tony Anderson. Hello there. And we are going to be talking about the weekend's action in the Scottish Premiership, where hearts were absolutely pumped by Rangers. Motherwell had their heart broken again for Park by Celtic, and Hibs were treated to the comedy goal of the season so far, I think it's fair to say, or at least the build-up to the comedy goal. <laughs> or sorry, the, the comedy build-up to the goal with Trevor Carson after we had put him in the top four of our best goalkeepers in Scottish football this season. Just real comedy hijinks going on there while trying to claim across. This this whole weekend is just like a whole load of like, yes, this is everyone is who we think they are. Like, yeah, <laughs> the, every, everyone, everyone is doing the things that we expect them to do. And we shall begin with the game up in Dingwall, which was a huge relegation six-pointer between Ross County and Livingston. However, just before I get into the action on that, that was a game I watched myself. That's our game that we're going to focus on right off the start. But I mentioned there that last weekend, some of you may have seen, that we released the top 10 goalkeepers in the Scottish Premiership. It's something we do. It's usually 12, but it's something we do every single season as our Thursday show as the campaign kind of rolls on and comes along to the end. But, as you will have heard recently, I said that the plan now is for every week for there to be a lower league show on the main feed. And as we only produce two shows for free per week, that means that we've got somewhere we, we, we don't have anywhere to put the, the, the lists. So if people want to listen to the top 12 and top 10 lists now, then you will find them on the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast. We will, however, release them at the end of the campaign. But obviously, by that point, if you're listening only on the main feed, they will be out of date. So, but, but there is a, there's a plus side to that because you can listen to it and laugh at how wrong we were. 
Craig, they're basically out of date as we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> like, not, not, to, not to take away from the Patreon content, but this is how we're going to come on later we're talking about how we've basically cursed a bunch of goalkeepers last week, so who else Who else can we fuck over this week? Um, never seems to me that anyone fucking listens to the list episodes anyway. They just come and use the Twitter to look at the, the line-up and then go two-footed in on it of anyone who's been on it. Yeah, that's, that's it, literally. Right, let's get to the match in Dingwall. Ross County 3, Livingston 2. Ross County scored twice in the first half through Eamon Brophy. Livingston scored twice in the second half through Bruce Anderson. Very much a game of kind of two halves in that County were the much better team in the first half. Livingston were better in the second half than County. Not quite the distance between the two sides in the second 45 as it was in the first, I would say. But then Ross County go and win it anyway through Josh Sims, who buries a finish late in injury time. I've got a lot of thoughts on this game, but just so I'm not just talking... Immediately off the back about off the bat about how this game went in terms of back and forth. Graham, I'll start with you first. Is this is this it now? Is this Livy done? Yeah. <laughs> I say, Graham, you I say said that. last week. You said last week they were done. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're done. Like they might, how can again. they how can they get defeated this week by their closest rivals? But you seem less convinced they're done. <laughs> because I paid more attention to St Johnston um, no Livingston like Livingston have a, just a couple of games in us in midweek and in St Johnston at the weekend which like the as much as anything in this game they showed a bit of flexibility obviously at 2-0 down things look very very bad and Martindale did his job he did a good job for the second half turned the game around Cowie didn't really respond at any point, which that in itself is quite worrying, I would say, potentially, if you're a Ross County fan. Obviously, you got the win. That's great. That's brilliant. But Cowie not responding to what felt like quite an obvious change at halftime in terms of how Livingston were playing and then basically crossing your fingers and hoping for the best and then kind of getting out of jail a little bit at the end of it, maybe. So, yeah, I still th- I think they're done. But again, I'm very well aware of the fact that the last time we ran Celtic really close at First Park, we then went to Livingston and got absolutely bodied by the midweek. So that could very well be three points for Livingston in midweek. I have concerns which we'll come on to about St Johnston as well, but yeah. It's the, the, the beauty for, the one good thing for Livingston is that Yengi looks like a, a big upgrade on maybe Guthrie as a sort of focal point centre forward who's, who's a handful uh, and, and you could see <clears throat> with, with one of the goals, like the benefit that's having on someone like Bruce Anderson. When he came on, he looked like he had a lot more to, to play off with Yenge up there. So when you, and then when you looked at, like I, I was looking at the, the team just before we were coming on, and, and it's like, I don't know, when, when you've got Bruce Anderson, Mackay, Nubli, Shinny, Yenge, you're thinking, maybe there is enough there. If, if, if certain people are informed that there's at least some goals coming, because it felt like for a while that, Livingston couldn't even fucking score a goal, never mind win a game. So it's starting to morph slightly, but it just feels like it all they, they just have to win the next two games. There's, there's no room for error now what, whatsoever. It's funny you say that, Tony, because actually in the second period, so the first half, County were, County were much better side in the first half. The County lined up in a, a 4-3-3. So it was, a, it was a slight switch to last week. So obviously most of the season been going with a, a three at the back. Last week against Dundee, they played a 4-4-2 and it didn't particularly work. So they're going with a 4-3-3 in this one. And for lots of the first half, you would have Simon Murray, who was on the left, would drop in, drop a little deeper and a bit centrally. 
but he was continually doing that and constantly getting on the ball. Now it's and it works for both goals one and two. It is a ball kind of in behind for for Eamon Brophy to run on. And obviously, Sangari plays a huge part in making it after <laughs> the the first one. What did, I say, what did I say last week, Craig, that Sangari's got really good ability of just stepping in and just cutting out passes? Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I was right and wrong on that, and that his positioning was perfect. <laughs> you can't Listen, you can't argue with the man's positioning, is what I would like to say. So, yeah, just to continue the theme of absolutely digging out, like, burying players accidentally. So, Murray, Murray was excellent, and I thought Murray was best player for, for County across the entire game, but they were very impressive all the way through at the side. The... Midfield played well in the first half. Sheaf was good at recycling the ball. Jenks was a bit anonymous, as you could probably imagine <laughs> be. Latore was making a lot of interceptions. And White was being a decent focal point. The defence was playing well. They were able to work the play up through the through the levels and play it from defence to midfield to attack, play it, use the width of the pitch. Whereas Livingston were just going long and Yenge was getting dominated by Ryan Leake in the first half. He wasn't getting any joy at all. The only joy they were getting going long was going was diagonal, not necessarily diagonals, but going from going towards Nubley, basically because he was up against Josh Reed, which is I mean he's literally about half the size of him. But otherwise, Yenge wasn't really doing much, and then Anderson came on, and it was actually Anderson who was the was the better of the two players at, at making the ball stick. He was causing more problems for Leak and was able to get his back into him and, and take the ball into feet. And then from that point forward, Yenge started to play well. Because I think as well, as soon as Livingston got back into the game, now obviously it comes right after half time. But if you were on the context of the first half, the goal kind of comes from nothing. And all of a sudden, County looked quite rattled, basically. It, especially the first five or ten minutes after the goal, they really kind of were all over the place a little bit. And you kind of thought, well, this is a team that themselves haven't won in a long time. And their confidence is obviously very brittle. They did get a, a certain degree of control about themselves again, but still, Livingston, at that point, had their tails up, and Livy in the second half were just so much better. Anderson was a big impact, but Jason Holt really came into the game. And, I mean, even like after they equalised, so they get the equaliser, by that point, they brought in Guthrie as well. So they had taken off Jamie Brandon for Guthrie. Guthrie gets a header in the build-up to the goal. Yenge then cuts it back for Anderson, who finishes. But that meant that they were playing Dan McKay at right back. Now they had they had the option there. They they still had one sub to make, and they had Montano and Mikey Devlin on the bench. And you know maybe not a good idea to bring on Mikey Devlin, but they've got a lot of attacking players on the team. But Martindale instead thought, no, let's go for it. Let's go and try to get the victory. And do you know what? Like after the goal, the way that the game panned out until County scored. And I mean it's only five minutes, but Livingston looked the team more likely to get a winner than County did. And I don't actually think, and Martindale said himself, maybe we should have brought in more kind of defensive personnel and, and readdressed the balance of the team. But with a winning goal, it's actually the more defensive players that really let them down. As, as, well, as well as that, like Livingston aren't in a position where they can mm. draw their way to, they can't yeah. draw their way to safety. Like a draw does them absolutely no favour. Ultimately, a loss does them absolutely no favours either. But they have to go and start winning games. And like, like I said, the, the way in which Martindale changed it at halftime as well to switch out like what was quite a boxy sort of three behind Yenge and, 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 and Kelly, Shinny and Nubly and then really stretched the game out in the second half massively yeah. and just with Anderson and Mackay just and Nubly on the other side or sorry, Mackay on one side and, and, and Nubly on the other just stretching the game and that's what I was kind of getting at when I was talking about Don Cowie like they were, County were like a really compact they looked well put together 
but the game had changed from the first half to the second half and Kerry just didn't really react at any point to that. It wasn't a case of, right, well, they've done that, so we need to counter that, we need to look at that. It was just a case of let's just hope for the best within that as well. And again, that's if Livingston are going to go win games, which they need to do, the next two fixtures are winnable fixtures. They are defences which are weak. They are games that they are, they are teams that don't necessarily maybe take advantage of, of, of defensive mistakes in, in, in the same way um, that better teams do. So opportunities there like you, and maybe just from the off just go for it rather than try and be compact and try and hold the game to a degree go and win the games and maybe that's just a bit easier it's, was, was Dan injured Fowler? Yes he wasn't uh, well as far as I'm aware either injured or suspended he wasn't quoted anywhere at all because I, I see when, when I first saw the sort of Brophy Murray and White it kind of struck me as quite a sort of like FIFA thing that you do just try and like, you know, well. that's, that's exactly Dan has that's, not been a good form recently yeah that, that cause because I'm doing first you're thinking mm, it's, it's just three centre forwards mm. and that's what they are centre forwards that are all playing and it's sometimes on them yes when I'm playing a computer game I just use their sort of attributes on there to suit me but in real football that isn't always what comes to fruition people are uncomfortable people are, are forced to do different things that they don't really want to do but uh, like even but when you see the goals, and like you were saying earlier, but seeing Simon Murray picking up the ball really, really deep, which normally in your head you're thinking doesn't sound like a great thing. <laughs> I really want Murray to be hurtling people down and, and trying to get in behind people. But his pass for um, Brophy's second goals, it's a really nice goal in, in yeah. general. And they like roofs in it. And it was like a, like a bit of quality. And White's involved. Um, and the, he, he sets up the winner for, for Sims as well in there. So like it, it did that, and, and Brophy obviously scored two goals. And I was thinking Brophy is kind of like a wide player, a guy who shoots all the time. That could get fucking annoying if you're the centre forward. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it seemed to it seemed to to work. There did seem to be a a bit of balance. And I don't know, I don't know if I'm believing that as Cowie called that or as Cowie just got lucky. <laughs> It did, it did look like a tactic that getting Simon Murray into the space and Lovey really kind of had no answer for that. Second half, they, they did kind of get a grip to it, but Murray was still good in terms of doing what you would expect Murray to do normally, which was stretching them in behind. Mm. And he, he was tormenting them down that, down that county's left-hand side, Lovey's right-hand side. But just before we move on, just sure I was going to finish the point about the, the winning goal because Martindale did wonder himself whether he made the mistake. But it is their defensive players that let them down at that winning goal. Carson overcommits. He's a defensive midfielder. That's why he's been signed. He's been there to add a bit of solidity in front of the back four. He overcommits, trying to stop Chief. Chief man just to wriggle away. And then Obelai dives in for no real reason. And that leaves them short on the right-hand side. Yes, it is Dan Mackay going up against Josh Sims. And if you've got Michael Nottingham there, he, he might do better at, at trying to block that. But it's also just a very nice finish as well. So they were kind of unlucky. This was a really good game. I really enjoyed mm. watching this. Yep. Kind of were very good to watch the first half. Livy were... Still a bit direct, but a lot better to watch in the second half and four, five goals in a last, what, an injury time minute. What, what more could he ask for? Right, let's move direct on. Direct Livy. Sorry. Direct Livy's what, what, what you want, though. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we want. That's, that's what they're good at and, they, and what they've always sort of been able to do and always playing their football in and around the, the penalty box. So, yeah, that's, that's good. It's good to hear. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right, let's move on to our first feature, which this week is literally on fire. This is where we look at a Scottish Premiership player who's having a particularly good time of it at this moment. Tony, we go to you, an Easter Road, and a January signing who is not Mark Ordez, who is having a whale of a time right now. Oh, man. My Zane Malida, uh, the Chairman Mao. Um, some, <laughs> some... Some laddie. By the ready, way. For his, ready for his great leap forward. Hey. <laughs> I'm, a, I am, I'm totally head over heels for this guy. I mean, the, the first time, the sort of first few weeks, it, it took him a bit to get going. He wasn't great when he was uh, chucked in for the for his debut against Rangers. But uh, since since then, he started to get more and more starts. He's played both up front and wide. And he's starting to show that it doesn't even matter whether we use him as a centre forward or as a left winger. He has just as big an impact. But this was, see, last week against Aberdeen, everyone was obviously really impressed with the assist and how he held on to the ball and, and played it wide. Obviously scored that great goal against Kilmarnock when he first came off the bench. But this game was the, the next level where it was he was like running the show and Hibs were getting him the ball Constantly, it gave Shaughnessy an absolute torrid time, and he's, and it's just one of those games. It's one of those players where the game just completely slows down around him. Everyone else is just running around him, and he's just going completely at his own pace. That he never looks flustered. He's so so calm on the ball, and he likes to twist and turn. He'll never let anyone rush him, and he still and he makes the spot on decisions when he like when differently from like Yuan, for example, like. Melida knows when to release the ball and, and, and he knows when to <laughs> when to do a when to do a skill. And then now, like as you see with with the goal, he scored well, he scored three goals now from, from the five starts. Yeah, the Inverness one was a was was a was a deflected effort. But the other two, these these are top quality goals. They're not, they're not laid on a plate for him. He's making that happen for him. I mean, the second goal for Hibbs is a really, really good goal. Uh, the whole move, obviously, ball into Marcondes, who has a really, really smart header down to Dylan Venti, who then plays a, a really cool ball. But it's still loads and loads and loads to do when, when he gets in there. And he does it, like, so calmly. It doesn't look like it's he's, he's even remotely bothered. And his composure levels uh, for, for the rest of the season is is something very new for for, for Hibs fans. Because, as I said, Yuan's absolutely... I'm, I'm a big Yuan fan, but he's... He's explosive and he, he's wild. I'm just, I'm just loving you know, the, the, the idea of, a, of a, like a winger or attacking player at Hibs having composure is a new thing for Hibs fans. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to argue with that at all. You, you're absolutely banging the money. So, so just to see that and and yeah, he's got like one of those just the gravitational pull towards him and, and he's just making everyone else around him better. 
Um, so, I, Melida, I am absolutely smitten for this guy. So, hopefully, he produces on Wednesday night at Tynecastle uh, and becomes a real hero uh, at Easter Road. But uh, I'm, I'm I don't know what the, the the chances are of him being able to be kept. I have no idea. I'm assuming he's on silly Billy money at, at Werder Bremen. So. I don't know the plan, but I'm sure that people will be watching him there because he's, he's he's really been excellent since he's coming to Hibs. Was it not Hertha Berlin? Hertha Berlin, yeah, sorry, oh, not Werner. One of the Bremens. Yeah, I'd, uh, we'll get to it later on, but after Natty Atkinson's performance on Saturday and Dexter Lembekiza's performance the previous week, I'm now very worried about Hart's right-sided <laughs> defender going up against this man. Because the thing, as so I watched these clips on Scout, just, just anything he'd done in the game, and I think the one of the most impressive things about him is his ability to go inside and out and just seems <clears> very comfortable on either foot. So that was what was bamboozing the Dundee defenders the most, is that you didn't know. He wasn't just one of those guys who was like, well, he's definitely going to come inside. Just don't show him inside. And <clears> then you'll be fine because he, he doesn't want to do the opposite. He looked very happy to either go on the outside or go on the inside, use his left foot, use his right foot, have a shot, have a cross. He didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah. And if he, can, if he can keep that up, then he's just going to be a nightmare for defenders to play against. And also, when he was signed... There was the previous knock on him that his former manager had said he was one of the laziest players he'd ever seen. It, well, it looks like he's had a kick up the arse. He doesn't look lazy when he plays for Hibs. Also, who fuck, also, right? Who fucking cares? Like, I genuinely, I, you can quite genuinely sit on Scout and just watch his attack and Joe's page over and over again. It goes on for fucking ages. And again, <laughs> like you say, it's not just the whether he's going inside or outside with it as well. It's the pace at which he does things as well like Tony he, he doesn't allow himself to be rushed if he's running that's because he's very consciously making a choice to run if he's going to stop he's just going to stop he's going to slow things down he's going to then take slow the game down and then take and then pick up the pace again like he's great value to like absolutely great value to watch he's, more than anything he, else like he's absolutely brilliant he's uh, like yeah he just the, the game's completely played on his terms yeah. at, at all times when he's playing and it's and like with Hibs like tactically it's with with Obita. Obviously, Obita's like a really strong runner, and, he, and he's he's athletic, so he's able to stretch the game and get right out wide. And this is where Dundee had real real problems because when he would do that, and you're just saying Melida was happy to 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 come inside. So the Dundee and and if they didn't do it, then Hibs would be able to just play the ball down to Obita, who's in a in, in an attacking place to do that. And if one of the defender, if one of the midfielders has to come inside to try and help out in that, that left Marcondes free. In, in the centre, and Marcondes had a had a had a really good game. And Marcondes has had he had loads and loads of like sexy little touches. He didn't have quite the same impact as like Melida, but it's all little black heels and flicks. But they actually come off. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and now when um and looking at it now over the since he's recently started to play a bit more, he's pretty much involved strongly in every single goal he scores. So I mean, like even at Inverness, he came off the bench. It's his through ball to, to Boyle, who cuts it back for, for Yuan to score. He obviously scored a goal when he came off the bench against um, Aberdeen. And then in this game, he wins a penalty, which we'll come on to in a second. Well, that's, and, that's uh, not, you're not saying he wins the penalty, Tony. <laughs> he, he wins the penalty, man. <laughs> there's winning penalties, there's winning penalties, and then there's getting penalties. Yeah. This was getting a penalty, this is not winning a penalty. Yeah, These yeah, are yeah. different things. Yeah, absolutely, fair enough. <laughs> and then it's his it's his header for uh, for Venti to to pass to to Melida. So um, in terms of the game as a whole, that was the most controlled performance Hibs have had in a long long time. They basically dominated the game from from start to finish and never looked in any real trouble. It wasn't until 
after the 70th minute, really, just after Venti's sort of disallowed offside goal, where which is the annoying thing about VAR as well, is that it, it, stuff like that, you, you lose a goal, but you also lose the momentum. It swings to their team. They get happy because, you, you know, they, they go back to take the centre. So they've accepted they've lost a goal. So when that goal gets taken away after that, it's like a celebration in the in, in the away end or, or whoever gets that. And that really, it's almost like a feeling like a goal's been scored. And then they, you can see the momentum swung there and Dundee put some, put, uh, finally put some pressure on Hibs. And Luke McCowan with a really smart strike. Who, McCowan's really becoming like a real player. Now, he's not just a, a highlights real player. He's really impacts a lot of games in a, in a lot of way. And he scores a lot of big goals. And that's not an easy goal. He's scoring for, he's scoring for outside the box again. And it's, and it's a really sweet finish. But uh, Dundee were as poor as I've seen them um, in games this season because normally when you watch Dundee they're, they're, they normally play well that's something I normally notice that they play well they don't always win and they're, they're, they've got a lot of they've got deficiencies but they normally play really really well so uh, they, they'll be disappointed that was one of their worst performances but finally for Hibs 4-2-3-1 it pretty much looked like to me um, so all those things that Montgomery done for about 20 games he's, he's been <laughs> back on so it was all just a giant waste of time <laughs> So let's get to the, the first goal, the, the penalty. Trevor Carson. Oh, I mean, Trevor Carson otherwise had a, had a decent game. It was maybe Dundee's mm. best player, but you can't really... It only can say he's his best player if you take this out of it because it's just such an absolute shocker. Should claim the initial cross <laughs> and then just gets himself in a complete fan call. So you know what, see, see, even after claiming the see if he fucks the, missile, the initial cross, see, even if he just gets like a good punch on the ball rather than trying to scoop it like he does. Even if he just gets a leather on the ball away and then just retreats to his line, fine. It's just one of those like full-on rush of blood to the head. It's absolutely brilliant to watch because I hadn't seen it until I was watching the highlights. And then everyone said, this is an absolute disaster. And I was like, <laughs> I can't wait to see what this is going to be. And I genuinely assumed you just hold somebody down when they're running in on goal or something like that. No, 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 no. No, incredible, truly incredible, great moments. It's like he's wearing ice skates, and then he just yeah. flat. And it's like it's like he's wearing, he's like he's at a roller disco, and he's also trying to hold dinner. And the Russian, the, the Russian judges are showing ten. Yeah, yeah. It's like a proper, it's like a proper slapstick scene from like a uh, from a, like a comedy movie where it's like somebody, <laughs> somebody like makes an arse or something, and then tries to correct it, just makes things so much worse. Yeah, yeah. He just put on in the background while well, he's running about. And then eventually he just kicks Mark on this. I thought there was a second where he was going to try and claim it wasn't a penalty. And then oh, he, he, did, he does. He does. He does. He, 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 he points directly to where the ball has gone. Which, to be fair, right, he's probably got something on it. But he's also got his fucking full foot on it, Mark on this. So I suspect that, I suspect I don't know which one will be taking into account more. Then, then, then he just instantly turns back and you see him shaking his head, the, the acceptance of, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, you see him looking to the heavens like, Jesus, I've been a complete arse of that. All right, let's move on to another two games to cover. Both of them involve the two teams going for the title. I was just going to say, I only had one other thing to add to that. The, the last one, sorry to cut across your link entirely, but I just had one other thing to say to this game. Do you know when you go on a stag do for like two days, three days, <laughs> And then you get back, right? And then you just fucking sleep for like 12 hours, 14 mm. hours. And you, just, you don't stir and you just wake up. I reckon that's uh, Joe Shaw going to say this morning. Because fucking <laughs> hell. Like Joe Shaw is saying this. 
uh, every single time the ball is anywhere near him or any single bit of the clips, any bit of the highlights, any bit of the game I watch, it's just him like doing that Davy Weir thing of running completely the wrong direction, looking <laughs> the wrong way. He looks like he's had the biggest sleep of his life that night. Just for cutting across my link there, Graham, we're going to go to you now to talk about Motherwell being defeated 2-0 by Celtic. This was a huge win for Celtic. Rangers laid in a marker yesterday, go five points clear with a 5-0 victory over Hearts. Celtic needed to respond. The first half, they certainly didn't. Motherwell will 1-0 up. I mean, better team in the first half. I think it's very fair to say Celtic do knuckled in the second half, helped by the fact that Adam Ida came off the bench to make you and Taylor look very foolish because he wins the game with... Certainly one nice finish, and you could probably say two uh, decent finishes to eventually get Celtic all three points. But Graham, case of deja vu in Lanarkshire, wasn't it? That's just the same thing. Like, it's just this fucking, like, this fucking Motherwell team, man. Like, I feel it's so frustrating. It's so, so frustrating because there's big chunks of this Motherwell team that are genuinely, like, you watch the game, like, quite like this. Quite, like, there's there's a lot to like about <clears> it. And you keep, there's a, like, as much as, as much as, I grew. I think watching Graham Alexander's Motherwell was the least fun I've ever had watching Motherwell. It was just miserable. Every single week, there was nothing from it that you went, that was quite good. I enjoyed that. Nothing from it. So little from it. Hamill's Motherwell, similarly bad, but it wasn't quite as much of a grind to do it because we were just such a fucking shambles clown car. So yeah, it wasn't. But this team, right, every single there's very few games this season that we've turned up or we've played in and we've just offered nothing. There's been a couple, granted, but like this game as well, like, there was so much, and like you say, the first half performance was so good. The the and the the performances are kind of all over the park. I thought Miller was superb in the first half. Dravkovsky consistently performs as well. Vale looks like he's got a real something about us as well. Theo Bear is one of the funniest things in the, of the entire season. Like, without question, is an, is an incredibly funny story of us picking up a guy that nobody wanted simply just to have an extra body around, who then suddenly turns out like fucking prime Ronaldo at various points during the season as well. And the majority of our goals come through from him just doing the same thing mm. over and over again because he's a big, fit laddie. It just makes the same fucking run every time. His goal that was chalked off is exactly <sighs> that. Over and over again, just makes that run, makes that run, makes that run. And Miller or Spittle or Dravskovsky just find him because he just keeps making this fuck all he can do about it. And, you, you, you're saying you're saying Ronaldo, but yeah, the, the check in with the back yeah, heel was fucking, what exactly primed this year, Ronaldo. That's exactly what Ronaldo used to do as a winger all the time. An absolute <laughs> nonsense in doing it, and he just keep he just make, and it's not there's nothing particularly fancy, nothing particularly clever. He just makes the same run over and over again, and nobody's figured out how to defend it. It's brilliant. Absolutely love it. I was I was hung over as shit this morning when 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 I was watch so I'd only just peeled myself just get emotional watching <laughs> yeah 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 when I went through and, and I managed to and 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 I got myself too into it at the point and I saw like oh fuck I hurt myself a little bit I got too, too I was just lying there <laughs> lying there and I was, oh, oh. <laughs> and then it got chopped up I was like, absolutely fucking devastated nearly crying yep. and again like, the developer somebody like uh, Georgie Jen is really. There's so much to like about this team. And then there's like I would say probably three of the back four that I just cannot fucking abide. Like it's just is <laughs> because we just concede the same fuck we conceded the same fucking goal again today that we conceded last week against Hearts. It's a big centre forward going peeling in between Mugabe and Casey and neither of them dealing with it and neither of them taking responsibility. And that's the end of the game. Ultimately, I do if Motherwell had hung on to an hour 
65 minutes into the game, you could see them getting something out of it. It's like the, the, the Levy County game as well. Getting that goal directly after half-time just kills any momentum. And at that point, it felt like, by half-time, it felt like the Celtic support, they were properly getting on the players' backs. You come straight out after half-time, right, let's get started again. And all you need to do is hold on to another 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then get properly get them up against it. And it, as soon as that went, I was like, I might actually just turn it off because I've seen this before. Like, I know how this, pl- I've seen this, I've seen how this plays out. I know exactly what happens here. And the fact that it was, as I say, exactly the same go- goal from the, from the opposite side this week to last week as well. Like, I have a degree of sympathy for Stuart Kettlewell in that I don't think the majority of the defenders that aren't named McGinn we have are very good. Well, I was going to say that because I did question the wisdom because you mentioned Casey for the goal. I questioned the wisdom of keeping on a player who's clearly just kind of tweaked his hamstring and he was, he, he was fine enough to soldier on, but you do wonder how that's affected him. And then Callum Butcher comes on instead. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that's, that's why you don't make the change when your defender's tweaked his hamstring. Like, uh, and again, but, was, but, Butcher has been better of late. He had an absolute shock at the start of the season and looked closer to what he had been last year. This was not the game for him because at no point did he get up to speed. And he doesn't do that. He, he can't get up to... He was never going to get up to the speed of the game as it was at that point because it was at that point more or less one-way traffic. And he was just never going to get himself up to speed. Blaney as well, like fair play to him. He's had a, a rough time in terms of coming in and out of the team and not really getting a consistent run. But I suspect there might be a reason for that. And again, for the is it the second goal as well? I don't know where he's going. Like he's just he he's just standing within the eighteen yard box, oblivious to to Johnson, who is a very good crosser of the ball, standing within touch distance of him as well. I was. Annoyed at Butcher letting either run across him, but ultimately Blaney sleeping and letting Johnson in behind him is where that mistake comes from. It's just, it's the same goal. We can see the same goal every single week. We can see the same goal every week. It's the same levels of stupid games, the same level of stupid goals and preventable goals. If you lose to Celtic to a series of stunning goals or stunning strikes or wonderful play, then fine, fair enough. Again, it's another game which has slipped past this where we should at the bare minimum have had a point out of, but don't because we concede bad goals because our centre-halves don't know how to defend properly. See, just for the Celtic point of view, I th- just you mentioned Alistair Johnson there, I think, I know I know, not everyone's favourite vibesman, Alistair Johnson, but I, I do love, like, I love the mask. <laughs> the mask, he looked like he was a Wayne going to a birthday party. <laughs> he was, um, but I thought he had a, he was the one who sort of took the game by the scruff of the neck. For Celtic, I thought he took quite a lot of responsibility in the second half, and he was sort of demanding the ball a lot. He put in a lot of running, and 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 for 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 his manager, and then obviously they brought on Yang, so they two seemed to link up really quite well on the right hand side for for Celtic, and then Adam Ida, who's obviously he's had a, I know he scored the two penalties at Hibs, but he's had a poor start. Let's be frank, the the games that he played in there, and this is. You would say his arrival in the first one is uh, a goal that I really like. They know the big towering header, Andy Carroll type thing, uh, where he's because he's just so big and he gets across his man and it's like a flashing header and he's towering so high above him. When by the time that he connects it, it's such a such a high cross for Taylor that he just can't be challenged because he's just too he's too big and he gets up too well and too early, uh, and it's a really tidy finish from the from the second one and he. And you had, and you, and you mentioned the, the game t- turns massively on either coming on and Butcher having to come on 
up against him. And it was interesting when Colm turned down that the VAR was trying to get him red carded. Butcher, shut the fuck up, VAR. Who's in there? Why are you, why are you getting involved? Like, what, nobody, <laughs> nobody's looking for that whatsoever. And, and, and thank God for Colm. I would have liked to, you'd want to hear the call clip, when he goes clip, over clip, the... clip that, Craig. Can we just clip that? Just the thank God for Colm. We'll just file that out every single time. That's a nice TikTok video. Just that with a dance beat. Thank God for Colm. Because Colm just it goes over, and I would like to hear the audio at that point. Why the fuck have you got me over for this? <laughs> <laughs> So I so I was pleased to do because there was nothing. It was just it was just a, a foul that he rolled them, and and it's a foul that happens all the time when the defenders are coming over to try and block block a shot. But um, yeah, Rogers needed that because as we saw with some of his chat with uh, Jane Lewis, he's a man, he was, a man under pressure. He was very he was very prickly pre-match with Jane Lewis mm. as well because I was in the car um, and listening to that on the the way through to drop my uh, pick up Suzanne, and it, they were just he was. He said, I can't remember what it was. He was just like, I didn't say that. I'm like, okay, but you did. You did say that Celtic needed to, to be more focusing on themselves. That's what you said. I didn't say that. Oh, okay. Don't play Jane Lewis again. She just, again, just sort of shrugged it off and continued with it. And then at the, again, post-match, again, asked a question about something that he had literally just said to her. Mm. Like, no, I'm not talking about that. Like, what the fuck are you, what are you doing? Absolutely grow up, man. She, 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 she came out of that really well. And, yeah. she, and the fact that she didn't she did, did, did absolutely the right thing like, again Aye. just you're, you're a journalist you later ask questions of the Celtic manager like neither of them were particularly challenging questions both of which he just comes out looking like a bellend Aye. and she and I thought that when she when she didn't he back down when he kept yeah. on saying it and, he, and, and she repeated oh uh, no but I, I don't I don't actually think I am sure um, what you're alluding to and I, I think I, the Celtic fans now that you've made this statement that you just said we would want to hear and that is absolutely true. Like, I mean, I, I was like, yes, you, managers can just say whatever they want and then not think that, well, you, you've, you've set us down a path. You, you've set us down a path. And now he just, he didn't, he, he shot himself because he knew yeah. he was going to get the things that he didn't want to say. Uh, and then he fucking, then he just, then we get to the, the good girl uh, and that yeah. will send shivers down my spine for uh, <laughs> all of eternity. Oh, it was absolutely not good. vile. <laughs> just uh, just while we're talking vile as well, um, can we just talk about the one thing that's going to keep me warm throughout the rest of the year, uh, which is Lennon Miller sending oh. uh, sending Cal McGregor into a separate dimension? Um, yeah, that was that was that was that was quite something. That was quite yeah. something. It was, it was like when you you've you've come up against somebody six le- skill levels above you on FIFA, and you just try to tackle people, and you're, the, the the AI is far too slow to catch past it. Yeah, that was Lennon Miller. How about that? How about that? Because he's 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 looked really good. This isn't like just this isn't the first time. Yeah. Obviously, before his injury, he was he was looking good. And basically, the, the chat a lot of the chat I remember having with you, Graham, earlier in the season was about like we just feel like we need to keep using them, even though we know that you're meant to rest these you're young guys. And not, <laughs> not, but, but it's really hard not to because he's the better, he's yeah. the best player. But it's a real. So, but so, but it still feels like a bit of a coming of age moment for yeah. a young seventeen-year-old Scottish player. To do that to Callum McGregor, who's sort of like the king of just, Scottish football, sort of it's like what it's Scott Brown was before. Cal- pass- Callum McGregor's that now. It's the passing of the torch, Tony. Yeah. That's what, exactly what happened in that moment. And then in Spittle with a with a with a gorgeous finish, who's had a it's, game. You'll you'll understand. You both understand this. How annoying is it when you've got a player who he gets that good 
And you're like, and I just always dream like, well, imagine we had, why, why couldn't we have had that when we still had like David Turnbull or players like that? Or when we had like the big, the, the good strikers, you know, when, when the rest yep. of your team, you're like, why can't we had that? It's so annoying when you've only got like a really good player who's playing to like their potential, but they're just doing it in sort of like a bang average team. So all that, all that achieves is like seventh. <laughs> oh, seventh, seventh will be a fucking achievement for us, don't yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, going from something that's going to keep Graham warm for millennia to something that'll keep me cold for at least 48 hours, and that is Hearts getting absolutely annihilated at Ibrox. The silver line of this is that at least it'll keep the idiots quiet about, oh, can Hearts get close to the old firm? Nope, nope, nope. It's, it was a stupid thing to say then, it's a stupid thing to say now. <laughs> Joel? Uh, <and> it was, <laughs> that was, was Joel. That was Joel that said that. Joel's still saying it. And it was proven at Ibrox and Saturday Hearts just conceding three, three, well, one nil down within a couple of minutes, three goals down before half time, four goals down very soon in the second half, and in the end, probably fortunate that it was only five. Strange thing is, I think I've seen Hearts play, I've definitely seen Hearts play worse at Ibrox in recent years and not get beat 5 0. Hearts weren't good by any means, I must say. Defending was shoddy, Kai Rolls was awful in the first half and was taken off at half time. Natty Atkinson was absolutely terrible. I don't think the formation helped him at all because he was on the he was out of right wing back and he was going against Yomas and Cortez, both of whom had very good games. However, I have looked at the second goal many, many times, and if somebody could tell me where Nat Atkinson actually is on the pitch <laughs> at the moment the ball goes in the back of it, I would really appreciate it because I have got no fucking idea. And Hearts just yeah, and going forward as well, there was many kind of there was some not bad play in midfield, but when the ball got forward, it was usually the pass before the final ball was just too poor and Hearts weren't even really able to kind of create anything of themselves but it has to be said Rangers were very impressive and this is mm. a Rangers team that having now got to the summit of the league have hadn't looked like it was done and dusted the title was going back to Celtic like you thought that in December and Celtic dropped some points and then the old firm game was a huge game Celtic win that and just like well that's it but now Rangers go top and you could see with the momentum that they had the confidence brimming through the side that they were just a team with real swagger and in the second half, especially when they were still going for more goals, the, the kind of easy comparison to make was Andrew Postacoglu Celtic. And it's interesting now going forward because there's still a, a lot of time left. And we thought not long ago that that Celtic were definitely still going to be champions and now Rangers have come from nowhere to be top. And if Celtic get Hatati back in three weeks, if they manage to hold on to this just this slender disadvantage at the moment and don't let it get any bigger, Hatati comes back, that will improve Celtic. And we could end up with a very interesting title race. But for the time being, 
all the momentum is certainly with the Ibrox side, Tony. Um, yeah, and you, you're talking about swagger uh, and just that. I think uh, a John Lundstrom no-look through ball pass for Fabio Silva to drill in a, a fifth goal sort of epitomises uh, exactly that. And John Lundstrom in general, sort of, he's had a really, really good season and, and he seemed to be quite a go-to guy for, for Clement. Clement seems to really like him and, and sometimes you watch Lundstrom, he, sort of, he, he properly runs the show. I mean, he had Easter Road when they won 3-0. I watched that, all that game. And I was annoyed because nobody got within 20 yards of Lundstrom for 90 minutes. But And he was totally running the show. But I, he's, when Lundstrom's on it, he's really good because he's really combative. He's fit and he's all action. He can get around the pitch. And, he's, and he, has, he has the quality to play really nice long passing. And he's got, he's got, he's got technique. You can see that in, in his shooting ability and stuff. So like one, it's, it just he's, he's right, Rangers career's been wildly up and down. He's had really big highs. Like I mean, the, the Europa League run. I remember he was he was superb in, in loads of the games. But then he's had some like honking seasons. Like where like where 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 he, where he under this. So yeah, he's he's really really come back. And it looked like Tom Lawrence. He might be the beneficiary of the the fact that T- Todd Cantwell's out for four weeks because. Lawrence now gets to play probably in the position that, that he wants to play. Uh, and I didn't watch this game, but my dad is a big jambo and he he was raving about uh, Lawrence uh, last night when, when when I saw him. So And then you've got Dio Mandy, who you were talking about last week. He certainly looks like the, the absolute real deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's another excellent finish and... There were some good Rangers finishes in this game, and like Silva's goals, and Clark can maybe do a bit better, but it's, it's still a good finish. Cortez won, obviously, as well, defending. Again, could be better, but it's a nice one, just fired right into the corner. And, yeah, there's not really much else to, to say from a Hearts perspective. It's like, you need to go, you need to be better than, you need to defend better than that, but you also need a bit of luck. You need Rangers to miss chances that, and when Rangers are firing and, Great strikes from outside the box with within three minutes of the game. It's <laughs> like what you're like, kind of like, you just kind of shrug your shoulders. Yeah, we this exactly is the, this, this is going to be our day of the day, is it? <laughs> and then Dessers at the double, and now he's got 16 goals this season. So, I mean, not beyond the realms of possibility that he's kicking into like the the mid 20s <laughs> by, by the end of the season, which uh, I don't think anyone would have been putting the money on maybe two months ago of that. Is this the opportunity for Naismith to drop Clark? Oh, that is a very, very, very good question. Because I've I've kind of just assumed that the first time that Clark makes a mistake, then thanks very much, but Daddy's home. Yeah, well, like the way the Hearts are talking, Daddy's is old, Craig, though, isn't he? Yes, the, the chat coming, the chat coming out of Hearts is that Craig Gordon is not really incredibly, he's not really lost anything for being out injured. And if that is the case, if he's not actually any worse, he's just he be playing then. He's your best player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if he's not lost anything, he has to be playing. Simple as that. Second best player, Tony. Second oh, best player. Fuck, yeah. he's gonna play in the derby, Tony. Yeah, yeah. And I'm already, yeah, I'm already yeah. getting it. It's a fucking yeah, okay. all-timer performance <laughs> yeah. already. I. Craig Gordon is back. See, you were getting worried when I was talking about Melida and that, and now the the rules have been reversed here, Fowler. (laughs) It'll probably say a lot because we did wonder whether Gordon getting the Scottish Cup games was just kind of like, oh, here's some loyalty... Here's some loyalty points points back, kind of thing, for (laughs) for your career and for being a a legend and and et cetera, et cetera. 
but you did wonder is like does that mean that they just think he's, he's good enough to and he's just it's just kind of keeping him warm for Clark to eventually be moved out because you can't move Clark out of the team now because he's been playing well Hart's been keeping count like loads of clean sheets and winning loads of games so now is this is, is this the time does he now come back in yeah be very interesting I think, I think Wednesday will probably tell us one way or another what Gordon is is he is he now the backup to Clark or was he the number one in waiting because if he is the number one in waiting it probably will happen now it's just it's just funny because he he won't just lose his heart's place to Gordon. He also just loses his Scotland place. No, he won't. No, he won't. <laughs> it'll, it'll be fine. They were on the radio. They were explaining that the the Scotland goalkeeping coach was there to watch Liam Kelly today. So um, as long as they're keeping tabs on him, there's no fucking chance he's going. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be very funny if there's three hearts players in the Euro twenty twenty four squad. The two backup goalies, <laughs> the swindling your way in. You know, you make loads of money out of that as well, because eh? you get money for your players playing at the at the Europe Hearts, providing two guys who don't play one minute. <laughs> Apparently, uh, by all accounts, I read somebody said some. I read something saying that Liam Kelly had extended his Motherwell contract by a month, so that it, were he to go to the Euros, Motherwell would get that money. Which, good fucking luck. <laughs> what a sweetheart! Mm. Probably be fair to stop because he didn't rage goals all the time. Yeah. That would be that would be my that would be my preference. Yeah. Yeah. I take no money to just not have to yeah. watch him concede terrible goals. Yeah. Right, let's move on to he said, she said. So this week we are looking at not necessarily the comments made by Aberdeen boss Neil Warnock after his side's 2 0 defeat to Rugby Park, and more about the manner in which he kind of speaks about his team. Because after the game, so I watched the interview done with Red TV. So he's talking about Aberdeen having a lack of fight, a lack of leaders in the dressing room, and there being a big job coming for them this summer in, in terms of building the team up again and how they're going to how they struggle against teams like Kilmarnock. If I was an Aberdeen fan, I'd be a bit a bit concerned that he seems to be like what he said isn't necessarily wrong. But the way he's talking about it, he's talking about it like he's a passive observer in all of this. <laughs> like he is an analyst that's been paid to comment on the match. And he's, he's, making his, he's making his wee quips <laughs> and he's having a laugh. He's just having a good time. Is he really, is he really tuned into the seriousness of this situation? Because if Aberdeen play like this from now until the end of the season, if St. Johnson and County get their act together, they're an absolutely serious bother oh, at the bottom of the table. fucking hell. Imagine them getting relegated with Neil Warnock as manager. Honestly, he'd he'd be partying all night. That'd be absolutely great. (laughs) Which one of us fucking said so? Who said that? Who said? Which one of us said? Is anyone concerned? Neil Warnock is going to come up here, basically treat it like he's on a big fucking extended Butlins break, and make an absolute dick of this. That would be me. That would be me. It was me that fucking said that. That's exactly what's fucking happening here. Like this is. If I'm an Aberdeen fan, I am. If if there is again, right? This is Twitter stuff. I don't know. If it is the case that Neil Warnock spent like five days last week in Cornwall, the players oh, were the players were fucking given like four days holiday. There was a time um, you remember this, Tony. <laughs> you remember this? It was like the it was Morris Malpass was Motherwell manager, and Hibs came Easter Road, and I think put six past Motherwell, and genuinely mm-hmm. it looked like. Men and boys stuff like, like, uh, like one of those ones where it's like the preseason, but it's like Bayern Munich against TSV made up German team, like whatever, and they they beat them twenty five nil, 
because they're Bayern Munich, whatever. It genuinely looked like that. And then it, it latterly came out that Malpass had given the players basically the entire week rather than <laughs> except the day before off to come and train. And understandably, and this is how this game, exactly how this game played out, Aberdeen was second best to absolutely everything in this game from the first minute to the last simply because Kilmarnock wanted it more than Aberdeen. If I'm an Aberdeen fan, I am fucking shitting myself right now because they are in absolute free fall. They are a nightmare. They are bad, and they're not even trying. Like this is this is the if they've chucked it, how are you going to turn this round if you're the one? How are you going to then get these guys on? I gave you four days off last week and we didn't win, so this week we're going to train a bit, lads. Fuck this guy, man. Like honestly, this is going to go so badly. It's it's just. I'm just imagining that the players turned up for training last week and I was like, oh, no, he's not here. What, so we're just, oh, so we're off then. Why, why, did, why did the assistant do the work? I don't understand. We don't, we don't know this is actually true, do we, to be uh, fair? I'm, 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 I'm peddling it, Fowler, okay? And that is my fucking right. <laughs> uh, I loved it. When I saw that on Twitter, I absolutely loved it. Like, I thought that would be a screenshot right away and that's dropping into every group chat I have. <laughs> and, and that is gospel. As far as I'm concerned, because he was referring to Aberdeen as, I think the word he used was pathetic. Is that the, the word? But again, it's like if he's not, if his heart's not in it the same way, because obviously Warnock's famed for straight talking, blah, blah, blah. And all the, the videos you see is him going through people. But if he's got no jeopardy and he's just like bought about it, I'm assuming that's not happening when he's a 75 year old man. And there's no, no nothing for anyone to lose because the players know he's not going to be there next season and he's not like really doesn't he look like he's totally bothered he's having a bit of a laugh um, so they've no jeopardy about next season for, for playing under Warnock and there's no jeopardy for Warnock it's just a team where nobody's got anything on the line and then when he's playing with like Kilmarnock Kilmarnock and St Mirren and you'll see this with St Mirren in the, with the St Johnston game when, when we come on to talk to that they're the teams that you, you you have to earn everything you get about. They're the most they're the most reliable te- like Hearts as well, obviously. But they're the most reliable teams in the league in terms of if you make mistakes, if you do not play well, you will be punished by them. And they don't make shitloads of mistakes themselves. You know, like they're say they win games two 0 and they don't always have to play ridiculously well. But they're well drilled. They're sort of machine like teams. And that Kilmarnock game, that's just exactly what happened. They were just running harder. They just had that, a bit of quality uh, for, for Kennedy and, and Armstrong's crosses. They know exactly how they play. Come on, they know exactly what their identity is. They know exactly what they're going to be doing. So you don't fucking train. <laughs> again, I'm bedling it again. <laughs> then, you're, uh, then you're absolutely going to get punished. But fair play to Kilmarnock. I, I thought they looked really good. And they still, like, even Van Veen's not even, wasn't even playing there. And that, that's obviously, like, a, a big January sign-in. So, and they're, and they're still... But down and like they could have scored more. Watson, I mean, like you know, look at Watson now, how often he gets in the box, and you saw it in this game, and so adding so much to to his game, uh, and there was just it was pretty much a certainty. Come on, it felt like come on, it were definitely going to win this. They're definitely going to win this game before it's live. I didn't see the whole thing coming with Warnock because I could have well because he he'd already retired and then he came out of retirement to manage Huddersfield and done a very good job and kept mm-hmm. him up. So I thought, well, he's, when he's in the job, he clearly. And like when he was first coming up and he was talking about, and you, you did wonder like whether he was having a laugh, but he's like, well, that's been Warnock's personality kind of for a lot of his career that he did. He's either kind of very serious or he, or he tends to have a joke. And then also as well, 
the fact that he's routinely through the years could have talked up Scottish football, so he could have thought, well, at least he's got some respect for this league. So he's not somebody coming up being like, oh, until, he's, a- until he's fucking mad. I, I was going to say, I, <laughs> didn't give me something like taking it, like treating it like a piece of piss. But yeah, he, he, he does just seem like he's up here for a jolly, just to collect some money between <laughs> now and the end of the season. Because yeah, because I thought it was like I, I understood the mindset of uh, like it was almost like the safest pair of hands Aberdeen could get. If you, if you know what I mean, like in terms of like his CV, what he does, and that buys him time to what is a big appointment because similarly to like Hibs, Aberdeen have got a string of uh, a bad, bad managerial appointments. No, none of them have, have went particularly well. Robson was sort of like forced upon them because he'd done well where he was in, an intern. So I, I just don't know where they... So and then, But now Warnock guy, it's just, it totally feels like it's just going to nosedive <laughs> now. And they've... And they weren't doing particularly well anyway. So if we add this in, like Graham's saying, it could be very dangerous. It's a dangerous thing because they weren't doing particularly well anyway. Um, and I know, like, I, I, I was laughing when I was watching the the boys on A View for the Terrace the other, uh, like, on Friday night when they were just, uh, like, just treating it like a safari. <laughs> like, Rob was saying, like, she, like, like a Scottish football safari. And, ah, it's just... Uh, just what a situation! <laughs> it's just like brilliant. I love it. Just like again, not it's not my team. So fucking great. As as much as as much as genuinely, when it falls into the the, the bottom six, Motherwell are going to finish in the bottom six. I genuinely think we'll do pretty well there. Like the team is just about at the point where everyone has figured out the roles. It's taken an entire fucking season to get there. So I go into that anticipating Motherwell to win. I would say the majority of the games that we'll play, Aberdeen. If they end up in the bottom six, are uh, coming up against a bunch of teams that are scrapping for their life with a manager who ultimately does not give a shit. They are in. I think they are in big trouble. I think they're <laughs> in really, really big trouble because if this doesn't go right, if it, if things continue along the way that they have with a manager that's half arsing it, who's underpreparing the players, a bunch of players who are now looking over their shoulder, going, "I'm going to be out here in the summer." If you're Mayovsky. He does not give a shit if they go up or down because if they go down, he gets more money in his pocket ultimately out of any transfer deal because more money will come to him than will go to the club. So he's not going to fucking be the slightest bit arsed. Like if they need to come Imagine up against Aberdeen got relegated. If they need to come up against <laughs> Ross County, St Johnston, Motherwell, Dundee or Hibs, whatever teams who are genuinely whoever's in seventh will probably be safe regardless. Everyone else within that bottom six is going to be scrapping for survival. Particularly, so you got, say they got Motherwell after the first game, and Motherwell need three points to stay up, and that's them safe. Motherwell will fucking win that game. Like they are, I think. I think they are in big trouble, and I don't mm. know how they get out of that situation because their centre halves are bad. Their striker is Miovsky, and if he isn't going to score, then they will not score. Um, the they're a mess. Yeah, and just before we move on, just to kind of briefly talk about this game because you were right in terms of identifying the centre halves. We've said it already; they're both too soft. Kyle Vassell had his best game for Killian Ages because he's dominated the pair of them physically. Mm. You had guys like Matty Kennedy, probably maybe the man of the match for Killy. I loved his celebration. Just like, none of this. I used to play for Aberdeen. Let me be respectful. <laughs> Arms mm. wide to the, to the away fans. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm asking Kamara, let the, let the away fans in the bottom tier. Yes. There's just for these scenes that we want to see. <laughs> and he, him and Watkins were both right up for the start. A lot of kind of running with the ball at the Aberdeen defenders didn't really know how to deal with it. Devlin had a torrid time off of Kennedy. In the middle of the park, Donnelly and Polworth had another good game. 
they did have a period in the second half where they started to tire and they started to lose a bit of that control, but that was when Watson then came on for Vassell and they went to a three-man midfield and that just corrected it and Aberdeen didn't really do anything again after that. And the only other thing to touch on was that they put, instead of, they put Mayo to centre-back this time and Joe Wright to right-back and used him in a lot of diagonal balls. And Wright's very good at attacking the ball in the air from particularly when he's on the offensive. So that was something that, that had Aberdeen on the back foot a lot as well. So yeah, just uh, all through the team, very good performances from Aberdeen. Uh, sorry, from Kelly. Can I mention my favourite bit of the game, which okay. was a Kyle, just before the second goal, which was basically a five-on-one with Kyle Vassell, who then came out, of the ball, like, came out with the ball without even actually having to try that hard for it as well. That was my highlight of the game. Just like, uh, uh, for the for Derek McInnes, that's a satisfying as fuck win. Uh, and, and then when you've got like what, what Aberdeen fans would probably say rejects like Kennedy and Watkins, uh, they are both both playing brilliant. McInnes, so like it, 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 uh, I think people would say maybe overstayed his welcome at, at Aberdeen after a while. But then when you look at the subs, like, the money that's been spent from from the two teams, and then you look at the subs coming off the bench for Kilmarnock. You're like Watson would definitely be playing for for uh, for uh, Aberdeen. Kevin Van Veen would definitely be starting for for Aberdeen, and that's so that's like quite telling. When if Kamarnik have got guys coming off the bench that would get their start for Aberdeen, who have spent about three million quid on their team, really, really not good lads, not good. Okay, now it's time for our final feature, which is In the Mud. And this week we are looking at Craig Levine and St. Johnston Football Club, who I meant to write this down, but it's something ridiculous, like only one win in their last 10, and they were defeated 2-0 at the weekend by St. Mirren without really doing much or laying a glove on their hosts whatsoever. I meant meant to check this as well, but I think this is right. I think they are the lowest scoring team in UK professional football. (laughs) Jesus! they are, yeah, they are, like, we talked about Livy earlier, and this is where Livy have got a bit of hope, even if they don't catch County, and I know that Johnson have got a few more points on them, let me just check the league table to see where they're all sitting, but... Uh, St. St. Johnston have eight points on Livingston, they have two points on... on nah, eight points for Livy to go, it's, it seems very unlikely, but the, the got thing... Got to twice. But the thing about twice. St. Johnston is just, like, Livy started, like Tony said earlier, Livy are starting to look like they can now score goals. Whereas St. Johnson, it's just, there's just nothing going for them in an attacking sense. Nicky Clark came back for this one, one of the rare starts he's able to make when he's not injured all the time. And yet they were still like toothless going forward. And it's, it's funny seeing St. Johnson fans saying this. And I mentioned this, I think, on the podcast before when I've seen St. Johnson fans, even when things weren't that bad, saying that they didn't think that Levine necessarily had like a plan of attack, like how to attack. And that was very much the case in his second time at heart. So it was like, right, focus on the defence. Make sure we don't give away anything too cheap. Well, they obviously did and have been doing recently. But then it doesn't seem like there's any kind of like, right, we're going to score goals this way. This is what we're going to work on in training. This is this is what we want you to go here. We want you to do this. We want to focus on this. It just It's like it's very much like I'm here to sort out the defence and then just give the attackers the ball and they can just sort it out themselves. Which isn't going to work as well because they only had like three attacking players in the entire team. Like they had the, the two forwards. Even then, Nicky Clark was dropping so deep the, the the average position of St Johnston players in this game is again quite frightening of the St Johnston team because basically it's like a sliver basically either side uh, or just just the in their own half side of the of the pitch as well and some of the selections he made in this game are absolutely mad as well like Tony Gallagher who 
basically only has a left foot playing at right wing back. Like, what are you doing, mate? This that, he, that's not even where, he doesn't know where to stand there. Like you can play you can play right backs at left back. You cannot play left backs at right back because they've never had to go there because there's never no football team in the world is like, oh I've got loads of left footed players. Can you go play <laughs> can you go play right back, mate? No, of course I fucking can't. <laughs> yeah, and just them two in general as well, like Robinson and Gallagher as wing backs. Neither of them are that great in terms of attacking they can't go change the game so they've got they've got the two forwards and they've got Graham Carey and that's pretty much it that they can only go and, and score a goal or, or do something to win the match and they just had nothing really in this one there was just it's just really poor from and Levine's already kind of there's, there's already a lot of fans like saying like right, okay I've had enough of this I don't want Levine to be a manager but he's got a three year deal do you oh, know? Did they give him three years? Yes, of course they did. Everyone gets what, a three. Why? Year. It's totally a Scottish football. Everyone gets a three-year deal. Um, <laughs> that's like, absolutely. That's, that's actually blown my soul. I didn't realize that at all. Why? It's, it's, it's like the, like the, technically the, two and a half years, but yeah, until two thousand twenty-six. It's the it's the Oprah. It's the Oprah Winfrey gag of everyone gets a car, but everyone gets a three-year deal. It's Johnston like fucking god. But do you know? Just just, just before, like, so Levine's now been in charge for eighteen games. Uh, Stephen McLean lasted nineteen games. Do you want to know their respective records? Oh, I saw this earlier. So Levine's played 18, won four, drew six, lost nine. McLean, 19 games, won four, drew five, lost nine. So there's a point between them. (laughs) And if they lose their next game, he'll have a worse record than McLean in his first 19 games. Yeah, basically, I mean, 19 games is a a stupid way to judge anything, basically. The point remains, the the difference for McLean and um, Levine is that Livingston have been terrible under uh, Levine, whereas they picked up points under McLean, which is why St. Johnson were bottom. And why they're no longer bottom is because Livingston stopped picking up points. Mm-hmm. If Livingston start picking up points, I suspect that may turn around. And like you say, eight points is a big gap. Livingston plays St. Johnson twice. They play them pre-split, post-split, which means if Livingston picked up three points anywhere else, because, again, St. Johnston are in such a fucking doldrums, whether they're going to win a game, they're on terms with them. They're past them. It's... I don't, I don't want to be unfair here. I won't watch how I say, but is Levine? Are we starting to see that Levine is sort of very much yesterday's man? You know, when you refer to to managers as dinosaurs and stuff, and I, I don't want to be overly rude, uh, but like, is that kind of the, the like way, the, way you're describing this time at the end of Hearts and what we're seeing here, when it's just looking at like just looking after one part of the team, and then all the strikers just make things happen rather than any sort of patterns of play. Sounds pretty old school. And then we've got the whole sand dunes thing. I'm uh, just for, for pre-season training. <laughs> I'm just startled. I'm just startled at Tony being worried about offending Craig Levine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but weird. But weird. I did, I, I did think towards it. Like I did think in his hearts, the second hearts tenure that football had kind of passed him by. And he just he wasn't able to evolve enough with the times mm-hmm. and. I think there's been a bit of revisionism about it since then and that the big problem, and obviously it was a huge problem, was the fact that he was trying to do two jobs at once and he was recruiting and he was also being the manager of the team and at a club the size of Hearts, you ideally don't want that to be the case. But while he did sign a lot of shite, there was, there was a lot of talent in the team that was underperforming in his watch. So it wasn't just about the fact that he just signed bad players. It was also the fact that he didn't know how to get the best out of them. And... I hasten to say it the same as St. Johnson because I don't think their team's very good. But they could certainly be doing... And the St. Johnson fans are fed up as well because this is what they had to put up with under Davidson. So yeah, they won the, the cup double and that's undoubtedly an incredible thing that can 
that that it's kind of worth blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's worth the kind of pain <laughs> of the Callum Davidson era in general. But they were fed up. The football was dreadful. And then this season, it was kind of dreadful under McLean as he was like, give himself, we'll just sign very poorly or, or brought in a number of players who weren't ready to hit the ground running when he really needed them to. So they're just, they're, now they've got another manager, but it's just kind of really turgid and terrible football to watch. And you think, well, what are the Tommy Wright teams like that? No, they actually weren't. So Johnson usually played 4-4-2 and they played, I mean, they, were, they could be quite rudimentary at times, but they were attacking and they were aggressive and they would play with like two wingers and creative players and two forwards. And they would go at teams, and there's just none of that now, and it's just really pish to watch. It's like just to go back to this three-year deal, <laughs> two and a half year deal. Just, but like Levine's been a work for ages, <laughs> and, 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 and there, he was never going to be doing a job at St Johnston where people are going to be banging down the door to try and get Craig Levine as their manager. So I just don't understand where the where the, the offer of the security needed to be. Needed to be given. He could easily just 18 months, easily. And he would have signed it. Of course he would have. He's not had the job for ages. He's been doing a podcast. Like, he, he definitely <laughs> would have. He definitely would have took it. To be fair, Tony, it would, it would take a two and a half year deal to get me off the terrace for anyone listening. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because I thought when he first came in. Are you, and, are you the next Motherwell like, CEO? <laughs> I'll just do some tweets. <laughs> He's. Um, so, like when he first came in, I thought like when he when he put Jaisimi up front, I thought that was pretty smart. Uh, and there was things that like things that he'd done that I was like, right, he's 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 he's, he's worked out how to get the best out of a, a bad bunch and just using certain types of players with certain attributes and certain role to try and create like a balanced sort of team. But that's sort of like drowned out. That's gone. It's not enough. He can't keep. There's not enough for him to keep on doing it. I just think he'll he'll feel pretty hamstrung by. The squad as well, just not a lot of it to do, and uh, either just and then when they're so shit to watch, you think just St Johnston are they that again that winning the cup double means that that it's the deal with the devil type stuff. You get that, but now what you get in return is you will never enjoy a football match ever again. And sorry, St Mirren fans, we're not really going to say much about you guys to finish this podcast because it was standard St Mirren stuff. St Johnston had more of the ball because St Mirren were just basically like, yeah, you have the ball, you're not going to do anything with it. They waited on St. Johnson to concede possession in bad areas and then they punished them for it. And it was just the kind of usual suspects that played well this campaign. Gogic was good in defence. Tanzer, he's having a very good season. He was good again. Kilty, again, somebody who's kind of bounced back this campaign, having a good year. Mandron, I mean, he only got one goal, but he's basically, it's it's him that, that gets the two. He's been a, a good number nine for them. He had another good game. Two, two goals, two goals from 10 deflections. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Kwon Hugh, we're going with that. He's he was excellent again, and looks like one of the best additions that anybody's made in the Scottish top flight in the January window. Not really much else to add than that. I think will that do us? Sure will, mate. Yeah, why not? Why not? Right. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you to Tony. Thank you. Thank you to Graham. Thank you. I already gave my Patreon plug at the top of the podcast, so I don't need to do it now. All I can also say is if you want to watch this podcast, then we are available on YouTube.com. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok and X. I like the idea of like people listen to this podcast and then when you tell them at the end they could also watch it, they just go back and watch it again. <laughs> I'm going I'm to see if that doesn't happen, but you never know. You never know. Some people have too much time on their hands. Definitely not yeah. us though. Right, thank you very much for listening and we will talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Cheers.
Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.